0: There's a new and better way to interact with podcasts. The Clever Podcast app allows you to bookmark, highlight your favorite quotes, and buy recommended products all in one place. You can listen to any public podcast, but we'll have exclusive Haas podcast content only available in our Clever app. So sign up for Clever today at clever.fm and do more than listen.
1: I'm Adam Ward, and this is Here at Haas a student-run podcast connecting you to all Haasies and the faculty that change our lives. This week on Here at Haas, we are joined by Abhishek Sarath, a full-time MBA member of the Class of 2022 and the co-president of Cure at Haas, the student group which serves the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender MBA community at Haas. Welcome to the show, Abhishek.
0: Thank you so much, Adam, for having me. It's a pleasure.
1: Abi, it's so great to have you. I know we've connected at a few Q at Haas events and we'll be launching this in Pride. So first of all, happy Pride.
0: Happy <laughs> Pride to you
1: too. <laughs> of course. Well, Abby, I'd be super excited to talk to you about your journey to Haas and your time in the full time programme and what Pride means to you and your work at Q at Haas. So why don't we just kick off? We'd love to learn a little bit about your story and, and your journey to Haas.
0: So I grew up in India, in a city called Kolkata, Calcutta in the East. And after 18 years of my life, living with my parents and my one uh, older sister, who I dearly love, I moved to Singapore for my undergrad. So. This transition happened because I wanted to explore different cultures and I was like, I don't want to remain in one country which is very homogenous. And again, being part of the LGBTQ community, I was not allowed to be very open. So I moved to Singapore for my undergrad where I felt I explored a lot more different cultures. I studied electronics and electrical engineering in my undergrad and post my undergrad, I worked as a product engineer for three years in a company called Micron Technology, which is a semiconductor manufacturing company. Uh, headquartered in Boise, Idaho. And after that, I had a massive change of heart. After three years of working in the lab, I was like, wait, I actually want to teach children and teach you. So I actually went back to India and did the Teach for India fellowship. So I Mm. taught for two years in an extremely under-resourced public school in Mumbai and India. And that was one of the most beautiful and best challenging years of my life. Where to completely transform the school system in that school that I was teaching in. And after two years of doing that, I went back to Singapore. I worked at this nonprofit in Singapore where we did community development. And over there, basically, I worked across four verticals, health, housing, education, and employment. And I was leading their research and data team. And just before prior coming to Haas, I was working at an edtech startup where I was basically leading their uh, first international market entry strategy into Singapore. So working across so many different industries and functions, I was like, wait, what am I doing with my life? Why am I keep changing jobs Mm -hmm. instead? I should be changing projects. And to do that, many people recommended me that I'm pretty fit for consulting. And since I was working in the impact sector, I wanted to do something at the intersection of social impact and consulting. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that was to get an MBA and go to business school. So hence from Singapore, I was like, okay, I've explored whole of Asia and I went on exchange during my undergrad to Europe. I'm like, okay, the only part of the world I've never explored is the America. So I should apply to the US schools. So I applied and then I, I got admitted to a few schools and finally I chose Haas because of many different reasons. I can get into that right now if you want me to. But Let's
1: do it. <laughs> Why Haas? What, what <laughs> about that?
0: When I was choosing between three different schools, I visited the schools. And when I came to Haas, this was pre-pandemic, two weeks before the world shut down. (laughs) I visited Haas and I just felt at home. Like I felt at home in Berkeley, on campus, in the school building, in in Chew Hall, in like everything. I was just like, this is home for me. When I met the people, one of the biggest, biggest reasons I came to Haas was Q at Haas. So I met members from the QLAS community and they were just so warm and so open. And I felt like, oh, wait, business school is supposed to be competitive. It's supposed to be people trying to, you know, be very, very, like very sharp and very forthcoming and very direct. But at Haas, I felt warmth. I would never use the word as competition or business minded. You know, I use words like warmth and mm. and innovative and student first. And so all those reasons were enough for me to be like okay yeah this is the place I want to be. I want to go hiking one day, I want to go skiing the other day, and I want to go to the beach one day and the only place I can do that is at Haas. And with the four defining principles that Haas has I was like okay this is the school I want to be at. So hence I chose Haas and I have never looked back since.
1: That's awesome. There's so much to discuss. I saw when I was preparing this interview as well that you said that you like to hike active volcanoes. So I want to talk about that later as well, because it sounds like you like hiking around lots of different terrains. But that's also awesome. I mean, your experience in India, Singapore, your travel to Europe, now moving in the States, lots of things that I want to ask questions about. But why don't we go back to the beginning? What was that transition from moving from India to Singapore like?
0: So growing up in India for 18 years, you're very sheltered. I I came from a very middle-class family and I've been sheltered by my parents, by my sister. I don't know how the outside world looks like at all. (laughs) The only thing I know is that I love my Indian food. (laughs) I (laughs) I love to go to the parks with my parents and I love to go to my friend's house to play games or go bowling. That's the only world I know of. Mm-hmm. And then when I decided to move to Singapore, that was a massive transition I had to make personally because I had lived in the closet for over 10 years since I was 12 years old until since I was like 10, 11 years old until I was 20, 21 years old. And I knew that I had to change something. And by living in India, I couldn't really figure out how to change things. So I had to physically move to another place. And that transition was really transformational for me personally. Uh, When I moved to Singapore, even though Singapore has the exact same British laws as India had at that time, which is section three, Samzanne making homosexuality illegal. But that is, it was just a very different culture. One, there were so many different kinds of ethnicities and races that lived in Singapore. Second, it was extremely global. People from all over the world used to live there. And my university was one of the top ranked universities in the world. So it was just easier to more assimilate and to figure out who I really am. And that really helped me to finally even come out to my parents, to my family, to my friends eventually. So I feel like the transition was scary because I was basically 18 years old, sat on my first ever international flight by myself. My parents did not come accompany me and I flew to another country and live there for years so scary but very rewarding in hindsight
1: i'd be interested in your experience of being an lgbtq individual in singapore right because you know i i've actually had the the fortune of being able to go and there's pink dot and all these sorts of things but what, what was it like living there?
0: I'm very, very grateful that I had the opportunity to move from India to Singapore. So many of my community members from the LGBTQ community back in India don't have that option or that opportunity or that privilege, I would say. So I feel very grateful that I could do that. And Singapore is, even despite its laws, criminalizing homosexuality, I feel like the society in itself because of the global and international nature of society. It gave me a lot of, uh, lot of avenues to explore who I am. So the Singapore's LGBTQ scene is very, I would say big, but yet small mm-hmm. because big, because I feel like there are a lot of LGBTQ individuals in Singapore, um, especially based on again, the dating apps and stuff like that. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I also feel it's small because it's just 5 million people. And, uh, and living in Singapore as an LGBTQ individual, I feel I gained a lot from other people who came from countries where they could be out and open. Mm-hmm. So it was great to know from them, from people who are European citizens or Americans, Australians, how life was for them there and how different it is in Singapore or in India. So just to get that exposure of how the world looks like outside Singapore really pushed me to even go from exchange in Switzerland where, where I explored my sexuality even much more on a wider range, and held a, another man's hand for the first time on the streets, and not feel like oh my god I am disgusted by myself. So so it was so Singapore really gave me a lot of lot of hope for me and my journey.
1: That's a really powerful image of holding another man's hand on the street. I that that sense of scaredness, but excitement of like a public show love, I, I think a lot of LGBTQ people will identify with. Following from that, you know, given your experiences of living in countries which have terrible laws and legislation against LGBT people, but now having that experience in Switzerland and in the States where there are better policies, what does pride mean to you, right? Like we throw that term around a lot. What does being proud of yourself or being proud to be LGBTQ, what, do, what does that mean?
0: To me, pride reminds me to be authentic every single day. It reminds me that I do not have to hide myself. It reminds me that shame is not something I need to have in myself for who I am. And and it also reminds me of how important it is to have a community. Because I think, um, personally, I do feel like some places, sometimes you feel a uh, that places are very individualistic and community, LGBTQ community gives you a community. It gives you someone to feel affiliated with, to feel part of. And that is what Pride reminds me of. And it reminds me that I have a big role since I have had so much privilege that I can now be myself. I am in a country where gay marriage is allowed. I can hold hands on the streets. I can date whoever I want to date. I feel I have a duty and responsibility to, pay back pay forward and help and support the lgbtq youths especially Mm -hmm. in other countries who don't still have that privilege and opportunity
1: that's an incredible answer i think especially when you're talking about community that's so important elders in the community that we should be paying a lot of respect for but you're building community right now you're one of the co-presidents of Q at Haas. So we'd love to understand a little bit more about that organization and some of the things that, that the group does. So Q at
0: Haas is basically an affinity group at Haas and we welcome LGBTQ plus individuals to be part of the community along with all our allies. So it's open to everyone and everyone is welcome. Q at Haas is basically mostly I would say we have a very strong representation at QED Haas in our class. Around unofficially 11 to 12% of my class of 2022 is part of uh, QED Haas and they identify as LGBTQ plus individuals, which I'm very proud of and very excited about. Some things that QED has has done over the past year, despite the pandemic. We started off with coming out week, uh, which happens in around September or October. And we start off with something called Coming Out Monologues, where Haas has a tradition. You're very well aware of probably Story Salon, where two to three people talk about their life stories for 15 to 20 minutes. And we have an audience of 100, 200, 300 students who are just watching and listening. And generally at the end of stories, there's no dry eye in the audience. And this was the first Story Salon that happened of the year. And a side note, I, w- I did my coming out monologue then. Mm-hmm. So I came out at Haas to 350 people on mm-hmm. Zoom. <laughs> so that was the first event that we do. And then we have a lot of allyship workshops and a lot of other kinds of workshops happening during coming out week. Post that, we have done a number of social events. For mm-hmm. example, these are all unofficial, unfortunately, because clubs are not allowed to meet in person at Haas. So unofficially we have met a lot of park hangs and a lot of brunches so recently last weekend we did a club hangout where we went to lookout in castro for the first time and there were not only class of 2022 or 2021 who turned up but also so many alumni turned up and that was beautiful to just meet everyone and I feel like this is going to be a regular thing that we do moving forward.
1: Abby, you're going to have to invite me. I live 10 minutes walk from there, so I'll have to come next time. <laughs> yes, definitely. Please, I want to go. <laughs> I want to definitely. join. Uh, that's great. Well, I would love to understand a bit more about Coming Out Week. You talked about your story. That w- how does it all work?
0: Sure. So Coming Out Week is basically, it happens, we generally push it a bit forward from coming out day that happens in October 11, if I'm not wrong, and we generally did do it in September. So coming out week is basically it has one thing called coming out monologue, which is a two hour event. Another uh, event is an allyship workshop where allies get to come in and learn of how to be a good ally to the LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes people don't know how to be an ally. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fear that Am I using the wrong words? Am I saying the wrong things? So just a workshop for people to have an open conversation and learn from each other. Then apart from this, usually we also have bar of the week, but we did not have it this time, but we had like a, I think a virtual bar of the week where people could just hang and have fun. And also this year there was a speaker series where a CEO of Cybercube, which is a cyber insurance analytics company, Pascal Miller, he came to speak with the Dean and Harrison. So this was generally part of coming out week, but this time it was a bit delayed, but that also happened. And in fact, in the coming fall this year on October 11, we have a very amazing special guest coming, which I cannot tell you about. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. But there is someone coming to speak at Haas for coming out, national coming out day. And we are extremely excited about that.
1: Is it Celine Dion? <laughs> no,
0: <I'm joking>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be great. Um, but actually that leads to the question, I suppose, you know, there'll be people listening to this. We have a lot of people who are in the incoming class who listen to these podcasts, who might be thinking about whether to come out or re-coming out, because as we know, it's a continual journey and you have to do again, again, again. What advice do you have for those people who will be joining the, the year below you?
0: Everyone has their own journey. There is no right or wrong answer to this. I know from my personal experience in life and at Haas, when people came into Haas, there was so many, there's Q at Haas and people are out already because you join Q at Haas, you opt in. But after coming out monologues that happened where three of the Q at Haas community members uh, told their stories, there were actually a number of other queer folks who came out to us mm. after that story. They literally, a couple of them messaged me personally and they came out to me. They were like, I'm so inspired by a story wow. that I want to come out and like, how can you support us? So it was very heartwarming and I was personally very moved. So I feel like everyone has their own journey. They find the right time, they find the right moment or incident when they want to come out. So personally, I would just say that here at Haas and Haas in general is extremely welcoming. One, we are Berkeley, <laughs> super liberal. <laughs> Two, we are in California. And three, we are in the United States. In general, like people are extremely forthcoming, extremely warm. And there's absolutely been, again, I'm talking from a very personal perspective. I can't talk for the community. There's absolutely been no negative incident or event around my sexuality. So if you feel comfortable as an incoming student, I would... I would say, yes, please come, come out. We need more representation. We need more people to come and show how amazing Haas and q and Haas is. So please do. But if you want to take your time, please do. But I'm here to support you. We are all here to support you. So if you want to reach out to us directly, please do so.
1: That's pretty good advice. I think something that I thought of when you were speaking, the answer is you mentioned California, Berkeley, right? All these liberal places where being LGBTQ plus is on the whole, right? accepted there's better legislation but you have this interesting perspective where you can you've been and lived in places which which don't have that and i think sometimes the criticism of prides in the states or in more liberal areas is like well why should i get involved right like things are already good or it's become corporate or like pride means less can mean less to people because they feel like they've already quote unquote won there's a huge issue with people saying that for the diversity within our community but what advice do you have what mindset do you think people should have in terms of making sure that international element of the the general struggle is is still thought of and we don't like sit on our laurels and kind of remain comfortable because individual lives might might be okay.
0: I'm going to tell you something about India here. Mm -hmm. So India legalized homosexuality, basically removed section 377A a few years ago. I, I don't remember dates. And then the law was struck down And homosexuality was made illegal again or criminalized again. And then we had to fight back. And again, it became decriminalized. So this thing happens in the world. Human rights cannot be taken for granted anywhere, in any country, in any circumstance. And I feel that is why pride is important. Pride is important because it is a very recent event where gay marriage has been allowed in the United States and 2030 other countries around the world. But there's still 160, 150 countries where it's not allowed. So there's a long journey for us. And I feel like we are a global community. We owe it to everyone around the world to have the equal rights that we have. So I would say pride is even more important today (laughs) than ever before, because now we are leading the struggle. I would think of us as leading the struggle around the world to become free. And I always say Friday is not just a celebration, which people think it is. It is a protest every single time. It might look like a celebration, but it is a protest. And that is what it is at the heart of it.
1: Yes, for those listening, I was nodding my head so vigorously, I thought it was going to fall off. I was completely agree with you every single word. It's definitely a protest. And you talked about the struggle and the fight and the community that we have to build. And earlier you talked about allies. And, you know, we've already mentioned that there might be LGBTQ people listening to this podcast. But there's also people who don't identify as LGBTQ or identify as straight. What advice do you have for allies? You talked about those uh, ally workshops. What are the kind of two or three things that you that you talk about in those workshops to for people to practice better allyship?
0: So I always struggle with telling people how to be good allies <laughs> mm-hmm. because there's no one way to look at it. There's so many different ways and so many different circumstances that you can be an ally. Uh, but one of the major things I can think of is Coming in with the mindset of empathy, because everyone has their own lived experiences. There's a non-Oxford dictionary word, word called Sonder, S-O-N-D-E-R. It talks about how complex everyone's lives are around us. We think our lives are complex. Imagine there's 7.5 billion people whose lives are complex, as complex as yours. And when we realize that every single moment of our lives, we realize how different Every single person's lived experiences. So just coming in with that mindset whenever you enter not just an LGBTQ community space, any space, any community, any any space that is different from yours, coming in with that mindset would help you to just build that connection and that relationship and empathy. And that is how I feel. So I don't I know I, I skirt this question a bit, and it's not a direct answer, but I feel that that is what I do. I come in with like, hey, I have no clue about this person or this community. I'm here coming in with a completely open mind, wanting to learn.
1: I love that answer. I think "sandra" is a phrase I will take with me. I think it really nicely capsulates that messiness of dealing with other people and what we all have going on in our lives and the empathy that we should have. So Abby, thank you for, for bringing that and, and teach me about that. I wanted to change tack slightly to talk not only about Q at Haas, but just more generally about your time at Berkeley. You've just finished your first year. Congrats. How has it been?
0: Thank you. Yes. I, <laughs> so someone called us second years and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a second year. <laughs> um, it's been, it's been, again, I'm so much, I'm so full of gratitude. It's insane. India is shut down currently. Singapore is locked down currently. And here I am, I can go out, I'm vaccinated. I went on a very big trip this weekend with a lot of my peers. And all that is possible because of all the privilege and all the opportunities that have been given to us. So personally, I end the year on a very high note and very hopeful for the world in general as well. And hopefully things will look much better within a uh, a year's time. My year at Haas has been phenomenal. I'm a very active student, so I'm involved with a million things at Haas. (laughs) And if you see my calendar, I never had even like two hours to myself in a week. (laughs) So very involved. And Haas has been beautiful despite the virtual nature of Haas. Personally, I feel we got the best out of the situation. I personally feel professors, the administration, the students have really embodied the four de- defining principles at Haas. Student so always, beyond yourself, changing the status quo, and confidence without attitude. And I feel that really, really makes me feel proud to be RC, to be honest.
1: I I definitely feel that sense of the defining leadership principles throughout all the programs, you know, I'm EW. So I think that's great to have that, that community built up. And looking to the future, what do you hope to do with your MBA?
0: So I've been thinking about that recently since I'm starting my internship soon. I'm interning at Boston Consulting Group, BCG, for the summer in San Francisco office. And I'm doing that because, like I mentioned earlier, coming into Haas, I wanted to do work in consulting because I don't want to change jobs. I'd rather change projects. And BCG has a very strong social impact vertical as well. So I do want to work in social impact along with other industries, but along that I am very passionate about in general, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I've been uh, playing with the idea of how to use virtual reality Mm -hmm. to bring more inclusivity and diversity of thought uh, amongst employees in different sorts of workplaces. So that's something I will be tying with in my second year.
1: Not to you know reveal all of your secrets, because I'm sure if you're cooking something up, that sounds great, but I would never have even thought of those two things together. So how do those things tie together? How could they be used uh, to improve DNI
0: initiatives? I feel like until today, DEI initiatives are generally they generally happen in the black box mm-hmm. where people are being trained. It's like more of a lecture or might be a workshop, but it's still a black box. Like you don't really actually build empathy. So I'm, I'm imagining, again, this is an experiment I need to explore uh, of how virtual reality, which creates almost real situations, like you feel like you are in a real circumstance, real world. How can that create empathy and how can that create inclusivity? So I'm thinking of putting people through real world examples or scenarios through the virtual reality setting and see how they react and then tell them that how they could have reacted, and how to be how to build more empathy and inclusivity. So that is something that I'm thinking of.
1: Wow, that's extremely powerful. I will have to check in with you. And and, and you got to tell me more, because that sounds like it'd be very revolutionary. Well, to finish up this interview, Avi, I would Love just to ask some sort of lightning round questions about other things. I mean, one of the things that I mentioned earlier in this interview was I saw on your LinkedIn that you do hikes around active volcanoes. And I was like, well, I can't not ask a question about that. So what does that even look like? Can you tell us an example or a story of one of the things you did?
0: So uh, this started off when I was living in Singapore, Uh, right next to us is Indonesia, which is full of active volcanoes. So there's an active volcano called Mount Bromo, which is an active volcano. It is spewing smoke, and you can actually hike all the way to the top of the crater and you can look inside it. You can look inside the whole massive crater spewing, (laughs) and you can see the lava boiling in there. So that is something that piqued my interest in hiking active volcanoes. And since then I've hiked around four to five active volcanoes, one in Philippines, one in Japan, and three in Indonesia. And I feel like it's just something that excites me. I'm, I'm a very big adventure junkie and I love adrenaline. So it just gives me so much adrenaline to do that and not hopefully die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds incredible. And I know earlier you said that you barely have two hours yourself. You know, you're in so many meetings and groups and all that sort of things. That we'd love to know if you have... Started reading anything recently that you're really enjoying, or any podcasts other than here at house, obviously, but anything like that 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 you've been enjoying as well.
0: So I want to talk about this book called *Sapiens*, and this book is basically talking about how mankind has evolved since ever, and really tells you about why we are who we are today. And that is something I'm really further helping me deepen my empathy and my understanding of. Who i am and who the world is and why our society is what it is so i would definitely recommend that book to everyone
1: that's awesome and i think that's a great way to end this it really ties to what we have talked about today empathy that new idea of sonder and just that idea of being authentic and um, approaching others with love and acceptance as well so i think at this pride avi i'm really grateful for you taking the time to speak with us and have an awesome pride. And thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you for having me, Adam. I appreciate it. Happy Pride, everyone.
1: Yeah, <laughs> of course. Well, thanks, Abby, and, and thank you to you for tuning in to here at Haas. Know a that has a story to tell? Nominate them on our website, haaspodcast.org. And if you enjoy this week's episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. It really does help. And of course, share this episode with your favourite bears.
0: Until next time, I'm Adam Ward and this is Here at Haas.